But good afternoon, Peter. You are back for a uh, episode of Health and Wellbeing today. Good afternoon, Mark. And Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Now today we don't want anybody taking that afternoon nap because they're kind of fighting, <laughs> fighting against a bit of chronic fatigue today. How are we going to manage that naturally? Yeah, look, um, it's one of those conditions that's been around for a long time. It was really only recognised in 2000 or 1988. It's only been recognised as actually a real condition. Prior to then, it was thought to be something that, you know, people were just imagining. So it is real, and um, a lot of people sort of go undiagnosed with chronic fatigue. So good time to have a chat about it. Peter, let's start by taking a step back. How do we define chronic fatigue? Because there are some different levels, aren't there? Yeah, look, I do. I do see clients that come into work, you know, often and say, "I think I might have chronic fatigue." And you know, I guess there's varying degrees of chronic fatigue. Full-on chronic fatigue is where people literally can't get out of bed, or it, they have to stop three times going out to get the mail to, you know, have a sit on the, you know, mm. the set the fence or whatever. So, um, severe chronic fatigue is really, really debilitating. And um, you know, if anyone's suffering from that, that that in, involves a whole. Um, integrative sort of approach, often using medication as well as natural therapies. So, mm. but there's all sorts of degrees before we get to that point. Um, but it's definitely an area if you've got if you think you've got chronic fatigue, it's definitely an area that I'd recommend actually seeing a qualified naturopath um, to actually get a proper understanding of how you've arrived with it and then what to do about it. So it's quite a con- chronic fatigue syndrome. As I was saying before, it's only been recognised as an actual condition since 1988, which Mind you, it does sound a little while ago now, but when I first started in practice, no, never. chronic fatigue was just not accepted as being a real thing. Um, but, you know, it, it is now. We know it's to do with, you know, really severe problems in not being able to produce energy in the mitochondria inside our muscle cells in particular. Um, and there's, there's, in my experience, there's four. So classification-wise, sorry, it's um, characterized by extreme tiredness for at least six mi- six months. Extreme fatigue and weakness, difficulty maintaining upright posture, so people with real chronic fatigue can't stand up for too long. Dizziness, balance problems, fainting, um, post-exertional malaise, people that you know exercise and they're exhausted for 24 hours after, muscle and joint pains, um, sore throat, swollen glands that sort of come and go, often chronic headaches, brain fog, cognitive dysfunction, lack of concentration, insomnia and or unrefreshing sleep and also night sweats. Um, anxiety and depression. Now, unfortunately, that list of symptoms could correlate to a whole yeah, host a whole swag of, of things, conditions. It? Yeah, so that's why it's important. And chronic fatigue is often diagnosed by a process of elimination where everything else has been checked out, and then finally you sort of arrive at that situation. So once you have been checked out, and we know that there's, in general terms, there's no other major dramas. Um, we we've realised we've got it. How do we get it? Well, chronic fatigue is classified as a syndrome because there are many causes and the symptoms are so diverse. Um, from my experience, there's four roads or four paths to chronic fatigue. Um, number one is, um, um, let's start with like what I would call stealth infections. Okay. A buildup of viral infections in your system over a period of time, some bacterial infections as well. Um, and you get to the point where it's toxic overload and... Um, yeah, basically their immune system sort of crashes. So viruses like Epstein-Barr virus, in Australia it's still thought that Lyme's disease isn't a real concern. However, I do know some patients that, you know... Anyway, that's a, that's a sticky slope to go down. Yeah, it is for but some, yeah. there's a whole host of vi- um, infections and viruses that we can pick up over time that eventually cause the immune system to crash. 
Um, number two for me is gut issues. Um, that seems to be a definite path that people can end up down that road towards chronic fatigue. Uh, number three is um, what we used to call adrenal fatigue. Now, however, we call stress burnout. There seems to be an association for people ending up with chronic fatigue through continual stress and wear and tear to their nervous system over a period of time. And the fourth area is um, toxins. Now, toxins can be in the form of things like heavy metals. Um, the new kid on the block, which has been around forever, but we're starting to understand a bit more, is mold toxicity. And, um, you know, that's an issue where there's houses around, even Newcastle now, after the floods we've had, where, you know, if they haven't got the mold, the repairs haven't been done properly, there can be mold in the house. So a certain percentage of people are. Um, very reactive to mold toxins. Not everybody, but there's a genetic subset that can be predisposed and that can cause chronic fatigue symptoms as well. I remember living uh, somewhere that was exposed to a lot of mold. You just, no, you just could not get um, uh, sunlight into the... Of course, it was where my bedroom was naturally. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, it was just really horrible there for a while. And I was getting sick all the time. Not chronic fatigue, but sick generally. I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I moved and it's like... I was a new person. Yeah, no, mold, mold is real insidious and um, yeah. unfortunately it can be under the house, all sorts of places. Mm. But, you know, if if you were exact example of that is where exactly not to the point of chronic fatigue, but if you're in a, in a house and you're getting sick all the time and then you move to a new house and then all of a sudden you don't get sick or mm. vice versa, that can definitely be one of the signs. So, yeah. but, so that's, the, that's the trick with chronic fatigue. And it is an energy production issue. Um, and again, as I was saying, due to either damage to the mitochondria or the mitochondria not producing energy efficiently, has a lot to do with um, excessive oxidative stress, um, which does further damage to the mitochondria. And then, so it's kind of like your energy factories, um, you know, half of them aren't working properly. So even just getting up and moving about, you just don't have the energy production to. All right, Keep we'll, going. we'll work out how to get the workers in our energy factories a, a new enterprise bargaining agreement. <laughs> Peter, uh, next you want to look at, uh, I guess, those four main areas uh, to look at when treating chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, as always, when we talk uh, naturopath programs, we start and usually finish in the gut. Yeah, look, and, and that's always the best place to start and maybe finish as well. But the, So the four main areas we're talking about with chronic fatigue are the gut, um, as we've talked about before, naturopaths call the gut the second brain as it has a, new, a huge impact on your overall health. Um, so one of the first, and from my experience, if someone's got a lot of gut health and they've got chronic fatigue or even any form of fatigue, often if you can improve, work out what's going on with their gut and improve their gut health, their energy levels naturally will improve. So it might not be the total answer, but it will, will help to clear the picture a bit. You get just a bit of a natural bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of people that I see... Should like, be writing your marketing, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, a lot, of, a lot of patients that I see, actually, part of the challenge when they come in is maybe if they've been diagnosed with something like chronic fatigue or thyroid issues, often when you've been diagnosed with something, all the symptoms you have gets lumped under or get lumped under that one condition. So part of the role... Um, initially for me is to try and clear the picture so we can get a clear idea so if we can improve gut health and your energy improves we know that's not the major you know it gives us a a leg up so clearing the picture working out what's what also viruses you mentioned yeah viruses as so previously we Mm. talked about stealth viruses can bring on chronic fatigue and in the states um you know while everyone's still struggling to understand the mechanism causing the wide ranges 
um, they sort of say that you know it's clear that impaired immune function and or some sort of mitochondrial dysfunction is involved. Um, the American Healthcare Foundation suggests that CFS is best classified as a post-viral or post-infectious syndrome. Um, and I think that can be a contributor, but it doesn't always have to be the sole answer either. Um, as we were talking about adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue are not the same thing. And, and mm. again, we call adrenal fatigue stress burnout now, but stress definitely can, if you've got viruses and you've got stress. And the challenging thing is often people will have you know, elements of each of these four as well. So yeah. it's not always just... It's a massive jigsaw puzzle. And, and of course, the, uh, the fourth one being the toxins such as toxins, mold. Um, mold toxins mm. and, you know, just other toxins, but particularly mold and um, heavy metals. Some other information you've got there. Well, so again, so, so um, often it's a combination of things. So supporting a healthy energy production and mitochondrial function through nutrition is kind of the approach that we sort of take. And... In mitochondria, um, it's to do with oxidative stress and the excessive production of free radicals. So free radicals are produced by excess electrons inside in the energy-producing cycles. Um, so you want to reduce the production of these excessive electrons in the mitochondria, and the key to doing this is to limit free radical generation. So what that means is we want to reduce oxidative stress. Now, one of the... Um, one of the um, ideas or theories behind how you can reduce oxidative stress. Interestingly, every time we eat, it triggers inflammation in the body and increased production of free radicals. Every time we eat, no matter every what we time, eat. No matter what we eat. So unfortunately, every time you eat, you're aging. We're, just, we're snooking, aren't it's we? A, really? it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic. It's, a, it's one of the um, cosmic jokes. So every time you eat, it's actually increasing the production of free radicals and oxidative stress. That does contribute to your aging. Hopefully, though, you and I have got healthy antioxidant protection systems. So we're aging, you know, minimally. Okay. Would you say? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So one of the ways you can reduce um, oxidative stress, and this has been shown to help people with chronic fatigue, is one of the things I've talked about before, intermittent fasting. Or what I what's really called time restricted eating, where you only eat between a certain period a day. Mm-hmm. So that has been shown to decrease oxidative stress, decrease inflammation, and in doing so may help the mitochondria repair and function and have more energy. So that's interesting. So intermittent fasting. Um definitely from a dietary point of view, eating whole foods as close to nature as possible, we've talked out before. Um, reducing the foods that place a burden on your gut. You know, getting tested to see if you've got food intolerances. From my experience, you know, a lot of people with gut issues do well for cutting out wheat, if not gluten, Um, restricting the amount of dairy, you know, maybe using more yogurts and cultured dairy if they have dairy, and also avoiding sugar because sugar definitely compromises immune function um, and also can contribute to the burden on the the gut, not the butt. Well, they're close, kind of they're close, 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 close <laughs> closely associated. Um, avoiding stimulants to give your adrenal glands and stress coping a, a space. So that's things like you know, coffee, tea, sugar, alcohol. So as clean and healthy a diet as possible, but maybe following mm-hmm. like a, um, a 16-8 style of eating where you eat within an eight-hour time frame and you fast for a 16-hour time frame. So yeah, so that's just an interesting way that... And the other thing is to avoid eating too close to bedtime. So um, These are all classic things that we all sort of, they, they come up so often, yeah, don't they? Yeah, they do. And for all of us, so eating too close to bed um, will ultimately promote the premature destruction of your mitochondria. 
But um, again, eating before you go to bed, increased stress on the gut, increased stress on the liver. So it comes back to not what only what we're eating, but mm. you know the fact that we're eating twenty four seven. You know, unless we're asleep as well, is becoming more of a problem. So time restricted eating, not eating close to bed, and basically trying to eat as whole and as low inflammatory diet as possible from a dietary point of view. Of course, there is another school of thought there. If you're familiar with the Italian um, actress Sophia Loren, she once was quoted, I'd rather eat pasta and drink wine than be a size zero. I I owe everything I have to pasta. (laughs) (laughs) And wrapping up health and well-being and indeed wrapping up the ways to fight chronic fatigue naturally, Peter. This is where we get into the top tips section. What have you got for us? Well, one of the – and there's been some a good study done on this to look at the effects of exercise, like gradual exercise that's you know increased over a period of time. And actually one of my um, – I saw a lady recently with um, fibromyalgia, and when she saw her rheumatologist, he said to her, look, the best thing you can do to help yourself is exercise. And she said, how can I um, – so exhausted in chronic pain Mm. but she took his advice and she started to walk just very slowly at starters and now she's really managed her symptoms a lot better so just goes to show even no matter how debilitated someone might feel if they can just start to do something that movement really does make a big difference towards returning you to health again something we hear so often yeah but i think we hear it so often that we don't realize the seriousness of how important it is because like you said we hear about oh yeah get your gut right eat right move and get some exercise and they they just become this white noise it's it's just just like oh they're buzzwords but um i guess they are for a reason so someone with a chronic condition like chronic fatigue like exercise is really critical to their recovery um a couple of nutrients that really um can help a lot just from an energy point of view you know, on top of your healthy eating, maybe trying some time-restricted eating, um, you know, reducing oxidative stress in your body. One of the my favorites is CoQ10. So CoQ10, um, it's an enzyme. Um, it's used for energy production by every cell in your body, so it's therefore vital for good health, high levels, longevity. Um, it's also often what is recommended people take if they're taking statin drugs is to take a coenzyme Q10 at the same time to reduce the loss of... Um, CoQ10 from taking statins. Anyway, that's a story for another day. So CoQ10, um, it's a capsule, relatively easy to take. You can take it for as 150 or 300 milligrams. Um, and, you know, often higher sometimes if, if the fatigue's really extreme. So it's like a, um, basically it's like a fat-soluble antioxidant. So we can get into the cell and get into the mitochondria. Um, D-ribose is a is an amino acid and it's a core building block for ATP, which are the little packets of energy that we produce. Just as a side note, ATP are the little packets of energy that we produce in our mitochondria. And basically, as you can imagine, they're like a little packet of electricity. They have no weight. But in a day, a healthy person produces their body weight in ATP. I'm trying to get my brain around that. (laughs) That's amazing, isn't it? Something that weighs nothing. We produce actually our body weight every day in ATP. Mm. That's how much energy it takes for us to actually function and do all the things we need to do. Obviously, someone with chronic fatigue has a much lower production mm. of ATP. Um, so D-ribose, and you can get this. It's like a um, you get this in a powder. You just add into smoothies as well. So for people that are struggling, if we definitely think it's mitochondrial, you know, we'll often add in some D-ribose, um, glutathione is one of the body's most important antioxidants and a natural detox agent. Now, there's some thoughts around glutathione that if you take it orally, it's going to get broken down into the gut, into its three main components, 
and you may not get the benefit. So an alternative, new research is suggesting there are some supplements around that are beneficial. And, you know, if you use one that's um, liposomic, you're going to get better absorption of the straight glutathione. Mm -hmm. But another way of doing that is increasing what's called N-acetylcysteine, which is one of the precursors. And that's been shown to really boost glutathione. So you want to boost your glutathione if you've got chronic fatigue to try and dampen down oxidative stress. And then some of the other nutrients that I love, um, magnesium, again, really important for energy production. We've talked about magnesium before. Um, make sure you're getting the full range of B vitamins for, for stress support, you know, nervous system function. Um, vitamin C and zinc. Vitamin C is one of my favorite um, exogenous or external antioxidants that we can take. Um, and zinc, both for energy, nervous system support, immune import, important uh, immune balance. And always echinacea for treating any underlying infections as well. But as I said, let's not um, not making out that it's really easy if someone's got really severe chronic fatigue. But you know, even working towards these steps, you know, we're expecting to see some sort of improvement. I guess particularly when you've got to start by going, you've got these symptoms. First, we've got to knock out all of these other potential Try and work ailments. Out, yeah, what's the major contributors? And then yep. little bits and pieces at a time. So. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. But it is something that can be managed and improved and, you know, hopefully improve function. So, All right, great program, Peter. Thank, Thank you, you, Mark. Thank you so much uh, to help us fight chronic fatigue naturally. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>